Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. My name is Tina Hollenbeck, and my friend and colleague Jenny Tetzner and I introduced ourselves in our first couple of episodes. Today, we're introducing you to our husbands, Jeff and Joel, who quite literally fueled our homeschooling efforts by working to provide our, for our family incomes. But they did so much more than that, and Jenny and I are really grateful beyond words for them. And we're excited to introduce them to you today. Let's start out by having each of you, gentlemen, tell us briefly about yourselves, where you work, some of your interests and passions, things like that. Joel? Well, hello, families. <laughs> My name is Joel. I'm husband to Jenny. And a little background with myself is I'm just a normal everyday guy hanging out my shingle every day working in an appraisal office where I look at people's houses all day long and do valuations for that. We opened that business, I would say, about 18 years ago. And that is what uh, we've been doing, you know, every day to help, you know, fund and pursue our homeschooling dreams. And hello, everybody. This is Jeff. I go with Tina. I've been doing all kinds of things over the last 30 years plus since my uh, graduation from college here in town. I am now a corporate trainer. I work for a big company here in town, an international food company, and my job is to essentially teach people in leadership development and things like that. But before that, I was a graphic artist. I did a lot of packaging design and flyer designs for a number of different companies here in town. Before that, I was a youth pastor, and before that, I was a relief and development worker. So I've had a lot of different hats to wear over the last couple of years, and I feel like that has really helped me a lot with the homeschooling world because I have a lot of different things to, to draw from. So that's a little bit about me. That is perfect. Can, I'm just going to be real right now and say I've been so excited about this. I'm laughing on the inside, you guys, because it's just so great that our husbands are here. <laughs> and I just have the giggles. So there you go. Awesome. Jeff, I have a question for you right off the okay. bat. Now, mm-hmm. This is the one that just is so meaningful to me. What did you think when Tina first mentioned homeschooling? What did you think? Hmm. Meaningful question, so it's got to be a meaningful answer, yeah. right? Yep. Okay. Well, I wasn't one of these guys who was scared, terrified by it, thinking it was a weirdo kind of thing, because it was kind of a brand new thing, and we didn't really know much about it. But I come from a family of educators the quote-unquote real teachers, and I was kind of wondering what they might think. And what is this like when you, know, you come from these professional people who've got these, yes. these, these deep knowledges about things, certificates, master's degrees, and things like that? And I thought, well, what would they think? And also, kind of, what will our friends think? You know, this is kind of a very unusual kind of thing. But honestly, it was kind of just an idea. It was kind of an academic kind of thing because we didn't have kids yet or anything like that. But we did know it was interesting, and I thought I wanted to do it too. I just wanted to do it. Not like I was wildly enthusiastic about it, but it just seemed different, unusual, 
something that was going to be an interesting thing for us to do and probably uh, more of a blessing to our kids when they finally did come. A monumental moment. That is a historic moment in time, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Jeff, tell them about when you were the youth pastor and how you finally got totally on board with homeschooling. Oh, well, I was a youth pastor a number of years ago, and I took care of a lot of junior high and high school level kids. And I don't know if this is totally true, but I just kind of had a sense that the homeschoolers were different. And I thought I could actually tell a homeschooler from the typical, you know, regular student just by their attitude towards things. They had a different attitude towards life. They had a different way of dealing with me as an adult. They were a little bit more serious about things. And I thought, if that's what a homeschooler is, well, that's what I want my kids to be. Because not only is it nice to be around them, it was easier to work with them. And I thought, well, what a great way to you know, influence the future by creating kids like that. So that's how I got really on board. Joel, what did you think when Jenny first came home with this idea? Well, I remember that day pretty <laughs> fondly. I'm excited to hear this answer. <laughs> it was literally a shot right out of left field when Jenny proposed the idea to me. Jenny was working in a Montessori school at the time, and I was employed in a typical nine-to-five office job. And she came and said, what would you think if we homeschooled our kids? And I thought, well, that's an idea we definitely should, you know, discuss and plan around. And I have nothing against homeschooling. It just, we should prepare for it. So at the time, we're both working. We both have incomes. And we decided, well, Jenny's in the middle of her school year. So what she'll do is she will let her boss know that the end of the school year, which was about six months away, she was going to end her contract and pursue homeschooling full-time. She told me her plan on a Friday. She went to her boss on Monday and came home Monday night and said, well, my boss just let me go today. They wouldn't (laughs) let me fulfill my contract because it had to do with something with how do we market to families if our teacher is planning on not returning next year. So our homeschooling journey started immediately. Our income dropped by about a third immediately. So we were in a situation where this was going to work and it was going to work from day one. (laughs) So in terms of the actual homeschooling aspect, I never had any doubt about it being the best thing for our kids. I just knew that there were many areas that we were questioning in terms of the public school system or even private school systems where our children learning you know, what we want them to learn, you know, based on our, our Christian faith, beliefs we have, and the doctrines that we have, we have chosen to follow. And we decided this was the absolute best way to do it. So the decision was made easily. But then the planning on actually getting this thing off the table and running, that was the next step. Did you literally like withdraw Noah like on Tuesday then? Or how'd that work? (laughs) I believe Noah was still in kindergarten at the time. So he finished out his kindergarten year. Uh, Madeline was in the same Montessori school that Jenny was teaching at. 
So that's where it began. And it worked out really good. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Would you say you were involved in the homeschooling process? How were you involved in the homeschooling process? (laughs) Make sure you tell all the things. We're we're dictating things to our husbands. Say this. Move over and let me say it. Okay. Yeah. Are you kicking me right now? Yeah. Right. right. (laughs) Involved with the homeschooling process, to me, implies that there was a real set of, you know, like a Gantt chart, and we were going to do these kinds of bullet points, this, 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 this. And and honestly, this is a hard question for me, (laughs) because I sometimes feel like I wasn't involved at all in some of that process. Yes, you were. I know, of course, I was, but it's like, I wanted to be more hands-on on some things. But uh, Tina, you were just so good at everything. And uh, I was really just let her fly with that kind of stuff. And as long as any things didn't get wrecked, like my kids, <laughs> I was really happy with the way it went. As far as the process went, Tina had a very clear vision of things right from the beginning. So I didn't have to feel like I needed to cross any T's or dot any I's because she was already on all of that kind of stuff. I was there mostly for the support and, of course, to help pay for the whole thing, which I'm you know, happy to do because that's part of what you know, a man is supposed to do, right? You know? <laughs> but, but there was also that sense of how my kids were going to have their mom at home. You know, sort of like when I was growing up, my mom was at home, and there was just that sense of you know, family, you know, um, maybe not the beaver cleaver kind of thing, that stereotypical thing. But it was just nice to give that sense of, family back to them. So as far as a, a big process, you know, that was all in Tina's head and she all had that. And I was just happy to go along and just was happy to see how everything was working out well. I don't know if that's quite the right answer, but that's kind of what happened and that's kind of how it worked out. But see, you're discounting yourself. You were the art teacher, right? You need to talk about that. And you did all the bedtime routine, which is huge, and the weekends and the different things that you contributed in that way so that I could maintain my sanity, right? <laughs> uh, well, yes, absolutely. And you know, to me, that didn't seem like anything. Like That didn't seem like the process. Yeah. It just seemed like I was being a dad and I was just doing a supportive thing in, in the family. So you are right. Yeah, I did do the art teacher kind of stuff, the art history kind of stuff. And we would yeah. go off to the... Uh, We'd go outside and we would uh, go downtown and we'd draw the statues or we'd draw a big building or something like that or look at the ducks on the, on the river or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I think my love of books got rekindled because, mm. boy, we got to read everything. And that was kind of a neat thing that still continues today personally for me, but there's also the sense of connection with my daughters because we can remember this book or that book and kind of jump forward with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I was involved with the process, but when I think process, I think of, you know, curriculum development and getting all the uh, forms filled out and stuff like that. And it wasn't that. Tina took care of a lot of that nuts and bolts stuff. Yeah. I was there mostly as the support and to kind of pinch hit and fill in where um, I needed to. That's perfect. Joel, how were you involved in the process through the years? I think similar to Jeff, I was more or less the support when it came to Jenny's mental health. <laughs> Right? Wow, babe, really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's you know, true. There were always, you know, there were the days where, you know, there was doubt. Am I doing the right thing as a homeschool mother? Am I utilizing the right curriculum? You know, maybe our children aren't grasping a certain curriculum the way it was intended to. 
All these things that cause doubt in my wife. So support is number one. Two, I kind of took a, I didn't involve myself so much in the actual curriculums. Jenny had that pretty much laid out. But there were certain life skills that I wanted to really put onto our children, you know, whether it was, you know, tips on financial classes or we go through the Dave Ramsey class. Our son Noah, he was 15, I believe, when he sat through Financial Peace University. And those types of lessons have really set a great foundation for him. Madeline right now is also at the beginning stages of learning about her financial walk, where she's going to be starting a full-time job. And as a father, it was, it was imperative for myself to be, just be as involved with my kids as I can, not only as a father, but as a mentor and as a support you know, for Jenny during the whole time. I was thankful about it, too, because there were times where I would be have my purse on my shoulder waiting <laughs> at the back door. And there came daddy right at that perfect time. And I would be all set, purse, back door, bye kids, dad's home. And they were so excited. But that does make a difference. It really does. One of the things that Jeff did was pretty much every Saturday morning was daddy-daughter dates. And he took them out of the house. And I'm a homebody introvert. So it was great for me to be able to stay home and have it all quiet, you know, for three, four hours. And he, I don't even know what you all did, but they had a blast all the time. So And then bedtime routine, he took care of that, the story times and the teeth brushing, and they still talk about how hard you brush their teeth, but but that was uh, made a world of difference. Sometimes I felt bad that I wasn't sitting in on all the story times, but I thought, no, this is giving them a memory with their dad, and it is giving me a break, which is just really important. Yeah. How do you, if you could say, how do you wish you could have been more involved, Mm -hmm. if, if you could have been more involved? Uh, what would that have looked like? Right. Uh, you know, all the stuff that Tina was just talking about, to me, that seemed like that's dad stuff, you know? Yeah. And of course, that's I, I like to do that sort of thing. It was fun. We played Barbies and all that kind of stuff. And it was <laughs> yeah. great. You know, it was you even really... lent them your G.I. Joes. I yeah, mean, that's we're not, cool. We're not that's talking so about good. that. that wow. they, they did something bad to the G.I. Joes. I don't like <laughs> They that. let them get married. <gasps> <laughs> Handsome G.I. Joes to boot. <laughs> they lost their edge. That's for sure. Wow. Anyway. When I think about more of the academic part of things, the, the homeschooling part, I in some ways wish I could have been more involved with that as like the real teachers. I mean, yeah. to really bring it, you know, kind, kind of. And, yeah. you know, the things we did with art, I thought were, were really great. Put a lot of, I invested into that sort of thing, but it was just, it was just like one thing. I wish I could have been maybe a little bit more involved with the reading, writing, arithmetic kind of stuff. Some of that life skill stuff that you were talking about, Joel. More of the um, you know, stereotypical involved, like teacher type. I'm, uh, not like it was a job or something, but like I would take on my role as a job, a responsibility that I'd be really on. And for us, it seemed like it was a little bit more free-flowing than that. And now that I look back on it, it's like, oh, Tina, you did a lot. <laughs> and I wish I could have, I, I would like to have said I did more for her in that, in that regard. Do you remember that you taught them long division? Did it for days and days and days and days and days, and they cried. And then you were sitting there with them one day, and you did something, and they both had it. <laughs> what? That uh, I, I don't remember that because I would not think of myself as being the math guy. Which but, was even funnier. Uh, I suppose I could have done that. 
What I do feel proud of is I taught them how to cast on. They know how to knit because of me. Weird, Our kids, huh? Our kids do not know how to knit, Joel. <laughs> I'm on it. I don't know if our kids have a sense of financial responsibility, though. So, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, actually, I don't know how to knit. And that's something that I feel like I should do as a homeschooler. That's just something homeschooling moms need to know how to do. Knit. I don't know how to do it. That's why Jeff did yeah, it. Oh, so, see? And yeah. Joel, he, can, he can't knit, but he can, he can sew a mean button. Oh, see, there you go. And yeah. I can hem. I can hem. Oh, like yeah. He's a hemmer. <laughs> yes. We have hemmers and knitters right here at the table, guys. I love this. Joel, what are some ways you wish you could have been more involved if you could go back and have a do-over? Well, I think the biggest struggle that I had during the, the entire time our kids were, were homeschooled is because we went from a one-income family, in order for the homeschooling to happen, I had to invest additional time in actually getting our business up and running and off the ground as well as you know, making sure that bills were paid and money was coming in. So that took a lot of extra time. I can't speak for families that have two incomes or if it's easier or harder or not, but for the two of us, it was just a matter of getting the balance laid out between what's work and what's family. So we finally did get to the point where I did draw a line in the sand you know, where I said, Okay, after five is, is shutdown time. That's family time. It's not business time. Weekends are definitely a non-negotiable. Nothing business-related happens on weekends. So having more time involved with the actual educating during the day, during the week, is something that I do wish for. Yeah. You, you did library time with us. I did library time. Mondays. Yes. Mondays, I think, at like 10. And lunch at the park. Oh, lunch at the park. Yep. Yes. All right, guys, here's a question. We're going to start with Jeff. This is an advice question to all you dads out there. What would you say? What is your advice for other homeschooling dads to get them involved? What are some things having gone through that? What would you suggest? Oh, well, this whole idea of unschooling or just plunging into anything that's kind of interesting to you. I think that was really a cool thing. That's one of the things I thought was the best about homeschooling. You could just do anything. Mm, In fact, my my daughter was a little upset with me or she got really scared when I told her one day that, uh, you know, all of life is schooling. You're you're (laughs) never out of school. And she thought, oh no, I'm always at school. (laughs) She carried her backpack everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't like that, you know? But, oh, I just... Everywhere I looked, there was another opportunity to turn it into some kind of lesson, you know, whether it was an art lesson or a history lesson or any kind of lesson. And um, when I think about some of the stuff I do at work, uh, I, I give people tours on dairy farms and things like that. It's like, well, let's put something together for the homeschoolers and let's tour a dairy farm. Yeah. Let's do something with uh, this art history stuff that we were talking about. Okay, not, let's not just look at it in a book. Let's go and actually see the real thing. Yes. Like you can go down to Chicago and you can see real Van Goghs. You can see real Renoirs. It's like, let's do that. Mm. What were some of the other things? Um, we would do things at, uh, oh, yes, yeah, the camping. Let's go do some things outdoors. And there was this sort of adjunct kind of stuff that we would do here in town. The, um, the, the area homeschool group would do a daddy-daughter or child-father camp out. It was a way to kind of get the kids away from the mom for a little while and also give mom a break, but also give the dads a, a real concentrated time with them. 
So for a number of years, I was a part of that, and I got to lead some of those those uh, camping expeditions, which was really fun. People do canoe trips. I have this little thing on the side, a little side hustle uh, <laughs> called uh, uh, called mission guides, where I lead people on short term mission trips. Wow. And uh, that turned into something pretty interesting a couple of years ago, where uh, we turned it into kind of a, a small group with a purpose. And we got a bunch of homeschool kids together and said, look, for a whole semester, this is kind of going to be a, a religious education credit for you, or it's going to be some kind of cultural experience for you. And for a whole semester, I had these people reading real books. I had them really involved with things. I had them actually preparing. So that when we actually took these real kids to a real foreign country, mm. they were ready to travel, they were ready, ready to minister, and they were ready to really immerse in a whole different level. Uh, so that, that's something I did. Yeah. Um, but really, just think about anything that you do, you can turn it into something. And if you're a dad who uh, wants to do something about it, well, go do it. And, and you can make it happen and make it viable. That is... That's exciting. I wish the kids were little again so we could do all this all <laughs> over, guys. What about you, Joel? Any advice for dads about different things that they can do? With dads, it's I just want dads to know that it doesn't have to be a big burden on your shoulders. It's not something that you have to feel like, I have to work extra hard, I've got to work extra jobs, I've got to do this, that, or the other thing. You can make homeschooling work no matter what your income is, no matter where you're at in life. If you aren't working, if you are working, it doesn't matter. And as a dad, the just being the dad, I think, is the most important aspect of a successful homeschool, that you're actually there and present for your children. Uh, just to let your children know that, you know, daddy is here overlooking what you're learning, getting involved, asking questions of you about what you've learned, you know, just holding accountability to the children. You know, it's so important that, especially nowadays, that dads play a role in their kids' life. It's not all about, you know, moms taking the brunt of the homeschooling journey and the dads just come home and sit in the easy chair and, you know, watch TV. Uh, dads have to really just be the dad. They have to turn the TV off. They have to maybe not watch the sporting game that night and start asking your kids questions and actually doing things with your kids. Instead of watching the sporting event, go out and actually do the sporting event with your kids. You know, be the dad is the most important thing I would say. That's so good. Thank you. I, I've heard it said that some of the best learning takes place with just conversations around the kitchen table. I'm going to throw the guys for a loop because a new question came to my mind just now. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is unscripted, right? This question. Well, the whole thing is really. It really but. is. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, I, I try to read off my paper, so I try to act natural like I'm, <laughs> like I'm saying it, but reading you guys sometimes for me. Well, this is completely extemporaneous. So okay. as you guys were talking, I got to thinking about, okay, the different work environments where you've been or maybe at church or something like that. Have you had to defend homeschooling? with other people that you've met at work or at church and, and they're like, what is your wife doing? Why are you guys doing that? Um, how do you address that? Because a lot of men do have to deal with that in the workplace. Maybe it's just the places where I've worked. I've, I've not really had to deal with that sort of thing. People do have questions, you know, the whole socialization question. Mm. You know, I've gotten that thing. Yeah. 
But usually people are really almost flabbergasted by how awesome it is. It's like, wow, that's so great that you get to do that. Oh, how nice that the kids get to be with their mom. How nice that you get to give them that opportunity. Um, no, I've I've never had to really deal with that. I, I have had the socialization question. You just kind of walk through that, and that's really <laughs> it. You know, right? Yeah, I think the same way. It's it's any questions that I have. It's not so much, you know, that it's are your kids suffering. It's I wish we could do that as a family. You know, I and then you know the people would give me their laundry list of things they hate about the public school their kids are in. And it, it just opens a lot of doors for some truth to just be laid out where you can be the example, be the light of homeschooling environment where you can do this. It can be tricky at times, but you can definitely do it. Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you would come home and you would say that you think the people are homeschoolers. <laughs> yeah. Because There's some telltale signs <laughs> yeah, because that families are homeschoolers. <laughs> Was it the long denim jumpers or what? <laughs> oh, gosh. And no, it was boxes of books all over the whole entire house. Yes. <laughs> hey, speaking of books, curriculum. Let's talk about curriculum, Jeff. Did, mm. you, were, did you have a say in the curriculum when Tina was choosing curriculum? Well, if you know Tina and she's got this whole... <laughs> curriculum database she oh, knows she does everybody comes to her yeah so no i had no questions about that sort of thing but we would talk a little bit from time to time about you know what do you think about this do you think this is a good idea and of course it always was a good idea because tina always executed really well with that sort of thing she had a ducks in a row with what the kids needed she understood where the kids were going so that was good but it was really just a, a support function i guess to kind of give her the Attaboy, or you know, <laughs> you, you did it right, or yeah, that sounds oh, that sounds right. Good. That doesn't sound crazy or anything. So yeah. yeah, just do it. So yeah, she was so much and always has been an expert on like everything. Yeah. And so when it came to the curriculum, I I just trusted her and didn't have a whole lot of say in it because what she would present and show and the results that she was getting was proof enough that it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't need me. Keep going. You know. Did you realize how much of it that I was actually getting over the years, or? Was that only when I started hauling at some of it to the loft and you saw? Yeah, well, yeah, there was just so much of it. You know, we started with the, with the, the rainbow resource catalog. Oh, like, okay, how many, dangerous. Yeah, dangerous. How, how many curriculums can there be? It turns out that's just yeah. the tiniest that's, tip of the oh, iceberg. Yeah. So, yeah, she became a real expert in all that. So, yeah. no questions there. No, uh, yeah, no question about did she have what it takes. So, no, I wasn't <laughs> really involved with the choices, but I was there to ratify and say it was okay because. Always was. Always was. <laughs> Joel, what about you? Like, I know Jenny went through, like, different things, you know, kind of Charlotte Mason, then classical, and kind of landed on classical, so. Yeah, Jenny went through pretty much every curriculum you can think of. <laughs> she, as we should. <laughs> we, can, we can do that as homeschoolers. We can. And if you ever attend a, a homeschooling convention in any major metropolitan area, <laughs> Jenny pretty much knows every vendor by their first name. <laughs> so we've been through the gamut when it comes to actual curriculums. And yeah. some worked really well, some not so much. And it came down to me just basically saying, let's give it a try. I trust in what you have to say about this curriculum. You know, when you presented Heart of Dakota to me, you know, I was really on board for that. You know, it's things work when they're meant to work. And 
we don't know if a curriculum is going to be taken, you know, the right way with the kids, you know, as they're presented with it. But that's a learning process. And a lot of times Jenny can even you know, change things around a little bit or let's skip this unit and go to that unit. Babe, or, let's say how it, here's a picture of how it sometimes yeah. looks. So Joel will be sitting at his desk and he'll be, you know, plunking away at all of his busy work. And I, I'll be searching curriculum. So then I'll pop my head in and say, babe, how much money is in the account? <laughs> Mm, that's the magic then, question. Yeah, uh-huh. And if Joel would say, no, none, none for you. We have enough <laughs> curriculum. But guess what, guys? He didn't say that. So then I would say, well, I know, I just know this will be so great. And let's back this up to say all the things we did, those books that we chose, they were great. But there's a season for all things, and you just find your way. So, Joel, you know, we got the okay, except for the timber doodle thing. Remember that? We mm-hmm. sat down. That was when the big switch happened to, to listen to our other episodes if you want to find out about that. But yeah. Yeah. And with curriculum, it's whatever you as a family want to do with your kids. If you want to do a curriculum or if you don't want to do a curriculum, it's as easy as, you know, like Jenny did is take our kids to the library all the time and then <laughs> yes. let them pick out the books that interest them. And you don't need a reading curriculum when they're physically picking out their own books and you're reading, you're reading with them, (laughs) you know, you're helping them, you know, enunciate their words. Um, And, you know, also, you know, going to the dictionary, remember the dictionary, that big book that (laughs) it's the green one, you you know, you've got one. one. (laughs) We don't have the green one. You don't have the Webster's 18 something or other dictionary. I'm sorry. Do we need to leave now? We're shutting down the podcast. (laughs) The homeschool loft closed. No, I'm kidding. I have the app and the dictionary. We made it a point to have a dictionary in our household. So anytime a word had to be defined or, uh, or they had to figure out how to spell it, they had to open up the big green dictionary and figure it yeah, out. They weren't fans. They weren't fans. But no. they too like big books. So they and They did don't it. lie. They don't. <laughs> they just don't lie. All right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Jeff, this one's for you. And All I already right. know what you're going to say. Okay. I already know your answer. Mm. So your wife was the primary academic educator. Did you trust her with that? What, what's my answer supposed to be? What is it? Yes, yes, I really. Oh, she's got her hands around my neck. Tina has her hands around <laughs> Jeff's neck. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally trusted her. Yeah. You know, she always executed very well. The great results that would always come out. So like, yeah, set it and forget it. It was, it was good. You know, she would. Yeah. I trusted her with that because I saw her passion, I saw her drive, I saw the results. It, it all worked out. I don't know what else I should say about that. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. I mean, Tina, do you have anything to add? <laughs> well, I'm quite curious about Joel's answer, but then kind of as a follow-up for both of you guys, I've talked to some women whose husbands insist on having the say in all the curriculum choices, and they can't purchase anything or choose anything unless the husband actually dictates. And And the husbands will come at that saying, you know, I'm the head of the household. I need to make these decisions. God has put me in that position. And so, you know, how do you theologically come at it and say, you know, it's okay if I don't? Or or do you, I mean, Joel, do you think that you should have the final say? I don't know. You ready for this answer? Yes, I'm curious. (laughs) I just go back to the book of Ephesians where it really gives us, you know, the roadmap as to what a husband and wife really should be all about. I believe with 
our marriage that we are equally yoked together, that two become one. I don't dictate anything in regards to our marriage or our family. I oversee. I'm basically like, if you're on a ship, I'm the rudder. And Jenny's the wind. I right? am the wind. <laughs> she yeah, makes it happen, and yeah. I just make sure we're steering in the right course. The love boat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a team effort. You know, each of us has our skill set, and each of us has our abilities and our passions that we bring forth to this homeschool life of ours. Jenny is very much involved in the academics and the, the teaching and the educating of the kids. And I am very much into just letting the dreams happen you know, whatever the dreams might be. If Jenny comes to me and says, Jeff's nodding. (laughs) If Jenny comes to me and says, there's a curriculum and it's $850, but both kids can use it for the rest of their lives. It's a one time. So she's selling me the curriculum and I have Mm -hmm. to say yes or no. So again, that's where we look at our finances together as a husband and wife. Not that you have to buy curriculum for $800. All you need is a library card and a pencil and some paper. Right. And a math book and a Bible. And a math book and a Bible. Exactly. So that's just a little, we're we're injecting that in there. Yes. And honestly, if you want, you can teach your kids how to read using a phone book if you want. (laughs) They don't make phone books anymore. (laughs) I mean, you could use the big green book, the big, huge Webster's. I recommend everybody get that dictionary, by the way. It's Webster's Dictionary. I know somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. They're like, Jenny, I can't believe you can't think of the name. It's green, it's big, and it's Webster's 18-something or other. 1820, it's 1828. Oh, no, it's Noah Webster's. See, I don't have it, but I know what it is. Perfect. See? There. That's the plunk for the... There you go, Noah Webster. Jeff? Uh, well, I'll just, uh, just continue where Joel left off there. You're talking Ephesians. I'll go deeper into Genesis. Ring it oh, you guys. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's we're egalitarian or what, but it just seems like I was just very happy to let Tina just have the freedom to do what she wanted. And I thought, kind of like Genesis, you know, Adam and Eve, they're born. Uh, not born, they're created. <laughs> um, they're given these, these roles to do. Adam is the one who's kind of tilling the soil, making things happening, you know, kind of naming like, animals. Yeah, naming animals, <laughs> the whole kind of thing, kind of that man kind of stuff, right? And uh, Eve was there, the nurturer, the caretaker, the one to kind of complete things. And I just feel like it's the, um, you know, the completeness of things. And I was happy to let Tina just be free to do her thing. And my job was to be the provider, the one who kind of created the environment in which it could work. So. When it came to uh, choosing curriculum or letting her be the, the lead academic person, that just seemed completely natural for her because she likes to organize things. She knows how to communicate. And just that idea of taking care of the kids was such an important thing for her. In fact, that was also one of the things that sold us on homeschooling. We had a, a homeschooling friend, a, kind of sort of one of the pioneers back in the day. And uh, she was a, a doctor, very successful, very busy doctor, but she was still a homeschool mom. And how did she make that work out? And why would he even do that? And she said, well, I had kids so that I could have kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just have like, Amen. just want to make people to yeah. send them off to somebody oh, else. Well said, Jeff. Well <laughs> yeah. said. Yes. And it's like, well, that's great. And, and the, the academics and the homeschool and the nurturing environment, that was 
totally what Tina wanted to do even before we had kids. And I wanted to create that environment for her. So I just did my work thing to create that environment and make it work for her. And so I was happy to have her take care of the academics and all that kind of stuff because that was kind of her, her part of the bargain. All right, guys. What would you tell current or prospective homeschooling dads? This is the advice moment, too. What, what would you tell them? Because I don't know if you know this, guys, but in this last year, the homeschool population has literally doubled. And we don't know how many of them will stick coming into the next school year, but we might be getting more. So there's a lot of new homeschooling families out there. Speak straight to the dads right now. Hey, moms, tell your husbands to get in the room. If they haven't heard the first part of our podcast, this, this right here. If you're listening to this while driving, pull over, <laughs> find your nearest Walmart, tell your husband to unbuckle because you're going to be there for a little bit. And hold his hand. Hold his hand the whole time. I can get right into this. Do it. Okay. Well, the first thing is just everybody just plunge in. Just do it. Don't, don't even, I don't want to say don't think about it, but just don't overthink it. Just do it. Just see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? You mess it up semester and then you go back to something else. Okay. But just do it. Try it, you know. Uh, but there's kind of like four bullet points here. One, trust your wife. Trust her to do it, right? Two. Support your wife. Make sure that she knows that, you know, she's doing a good job. Third, get involved when you can. Because I know that Tina liked it when I took the kids off her hands on those Saturday mornings and it was fun to do errands with the girls and go to the library and get them into the burley and just do those adventures and things like that. That was great. But I think the, the A number one thing that guys need to know is that you need to stay faithful to the big picture. Yes. You know, there are times when, you know, we went to one income too. Like, how in the world is this going to work? And over the years, I'd be thinking, oh, the roof gonna, is going to need to be fixed. And the cars, they're not getting any newer or more right. fixed or anything. It's like, oh, I don't like this. But I would think about how my children were with their mom the whole time. That's kind of cool. I like that. And uh, Tina put it all together for me one day when she said, you know, Jeff, in the state of Wisconsin, a homeschool is considered a private school. Hey, Jeff, what you did with your one income was support two children in private school. <laughs> well, that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, that kind of makes it all worthwhile, you know? Okay, maybe the, the minivan was a crummy old minivan, but, you know, it got us where it had to take us. And the crummy minivan was so much, you know, it was worth it because the kids, are bright and shiny and we've got this cool heritage and we really have something to show in front of people and you know even if it didn't work out i'd want to just bull our way through it to make it work because i'm really proud of it and it's, a, it's an interesting thing and i i like i like to show it off you know it's like you know we're homeschoolers you know yeah. i like that that's right <laughs> so support your wife plunge in when you you know plunge in trust your wife support your wife stay faithful to that big picture and get involved when you can creates that environment. When Jenny and Tina kind of formulated the idea of the homeschool loft, they both said to Jeff and I, we really want you to be involved just as much as we are in this homeschool loft. And, you know, I can't speak for Jeff, but I was like, where should I put myself in the homeschool loft? What can I do? And I started thinking when it comes to homeschooling, there's so many different 
areas that families are affected by. You know, we can sit here and talk about how to, what curriculums are best, you know, how to, you know, raise our kids in the, in a godly home and those things like that. But there's also aspects like happy marriages. What do you do when the parents are fighting? What do you do when you have money issues? What do you do when, you know, the cog in the wheel of that homeschool family just is stuck? And everything is going just fine with the kids, but something is amiss with the parents. And that's where I really thought I could plunk myself into this whole situation because a lot of different variables come to play. You know, one is money and finances, you know, getting families on board with their money. The typical family nowadays in America you know, has three credit cards in their wallet and they've got more debt than they even probably know about. You know, if it wasn't for our journey, you know, we've been through Dave Ramsey, we've done the whole thing, and it was a life changer for us. And to be able to pass that along to other homeschool families, especially dads, is what you will find, you know, in a Dave Ramsey class. And I've been teaching Dave Ramsey classes for a decade now, is that the husbands only show up because the wives make them show up. Men, for whatever reason, have this gland in their neck called the pride gland, <laughs> and they don't like people knowing their business, and especially their financial business. They don't like to look weak. They don't like to look like they're struggling. They want to ha have everyone see that they've got it all together. So what a great place you know, to connect with the homeschool loft as well, let's let's work with the family dynamics as well as the as the educational dynamics. And dads, it can be tough to make your wife's dreams come true, your children's dreams come true. It can be an adjustment. You, you have to have new communication skills with both your spouse and your kids. And it's it's a new lifestyle that you may not be ready for or used to, but there are ways that you can adapt and change and that's where we in the homeschool loft want to help you especially dads because it's not just about the kids and the moms it's dads too and we want to be that that resource for you as well i'm just really thankful that you guys came on and i'm thinking this won't be the only time you hear from joel and jeff because we'll bring them on joel will talk have you talk about financial stuff i think more and jeff maybe all kinds of things you know mission trips all those different things that We'll find ways to get you guys back on. I thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, listeners. Thanks for joining us today with our husbands. And I hope that you know that your family can do this. We are not anything special. Just called by God. We answered the call. And I want you to know today that you can do the same thing. So... When that little seed of doubt comes that you have to be more than you could ever be, know that, that that's not truth. You're enough. God says that you're enough. And so together, you mom and dad, you can do it. Thanks for joining us here at the Homeschool Loftcast. And I hope your night is blessed, your morning, your afternoon, whatever it is. See you next time. Mm -hmm.